Hello and welcome to the Disney Duda Podcast. My name is Brad from Wicked Mouse Travel, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and lifelong Disney Parks fan, as well as our special guest today, Ben, and of course, my brother's John. Say hi, John. Hey. And Ben. What's up, guys? <laughs> we are a bi-weekly podcast exploring all things Disney vacations from the Seven Seas Lagoon to Sailing the High Seas. So be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, you know, wherever you want to listen. So today uh, we will continue later in the episode going over John and my must-dos in the remaining two parks, Hollywood Studios and Magic Kingdom. But first off, we want to talk to our special guest, Ben, who is one of our lucky winners of the uh, 100 likes on Facebook situation we ran. Uh, and he asked to talk about his favorite fine dining restaurants. So, without further ado, uh, let's get started. Uh, ben, you um, obviously you're a you're a fan of Walt Disney World. <clears throat> and yeah. Who doesn't can. who doesn't love the who doesn't love the food? Well, mm-hmm. maybe that's that's half the reason we go, right? At least, <laughs> maybe more for some than others. So yeah, there's there's a gambit of options for dining at. Walt Disney World, mm-hmm. so from your your quick services and snacks all the way up to what we're going to be talking about today, your your more upscale fine dining, higher quality food. Like all the food is super high quality, even from your quick services. But these restaurants kind of take the cake and then also serve it to you. So we're going to start outside of the parks. Where would you just if you had to choose a fine dining restaurant where you're just going to you know you know go out on the town, perfect night. You were just in the parks. You're you're now out of the parks. Maybe Disney's somewhere. Where are you choosing to have this dinner? So this one I'm thinking of out of the park is in the top floor of the Contemporary Resort. Okay. It's called California Grill. I love California Grill. What is what is the like defining reason why you would choose California Grill? Like the food is fantastic, but it like overlooks Magic Kingdom. There we night, go. They. <laughs> Like you can go outside on the patio deck and just watch the fireworks show from yeah, the top. Pump, it's so amazing. They pump the music and stuff in too. Yeah, and I I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that they actually delay the music at the contemporary so that you can hear the music in time with what you're seeing. Yes, like, it's very it's thing. very well done. So you're pretty much watching the fireworks. Of course, the castle's a itty bitty castle in the distance mm-hmm. versus being right there in the courtyard of the Magic Kingdom. But yeah, as the with that little delay of the boom from the fireworks going off, and you know because everything does take time, you are actually you know you're at the closest rest resort to Magic Kingdom, but you're not there. The experience is very much like you're there, but you're you're having a meal too, so you know you can have literally have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, and you can just get there from like. You can just hop on a monorail from Epcot, I believe, or walk from anywhere. The, yeah, you can basically <laughs> walk from Magic Kingdom. It's right next door. Absolutely, yeah, all the guests staying at Contemporary Resort are like living the dream because you can roll oh, out know. of bed and literally just walk down the sidewalk, and you are in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, that's especially cool. if you have one of those Magic Kingdom side rooms at the Contemporary. Mm-hmm. Don't even get me started, man. Just every night watching, you know, going to sleep with the with the castle right there. I gotta stay so, there. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't been, but I uh, I definitely that's it's on the bucket list of, mm-hmm. of resorts to stay at. Um, if you like, what would be your favorite dish? You know, what would what would you be ordering on this perfect night out? <clears throat> so this place, like, I haven't looked up a menu in a while, but 
I remember specifically like having some of the best sushi I've ever had up there. And I'm That's true. Yeah. Sushi. And it wasn't like the entree I got. I got some fish dish that was delicious, but the sushi I had beforehand, it, it was just incredible. I always forget about the sushi at the contemporary because like for me, I always, obviously I've, I've spoken about it on previous episodes. I always head over to Polynesian because it's more of an obvious no brainer. If you want fish, you go to the in sushi, you go to the Polynesian resort, but I completely, mm-hmm. I always forget that they have such good sushi. They don't have as big of an option, but you can get that like a nice sashimi plate. But I think their rolls, I think they only have like four or five actual rolls that they do like that are their specialty ones, but they are so good. And I always forget about them. Yeah. yeah it looks like the there's one, five of them. Yeah. The one I had had scallops on it. They had like, little bay scallops sprinkled on top literally i don't remember i don't even know if that's still on there yes there is the uh, there's a the spicy casin roll that's that's the one it's it's very um kind of shellfishy it's got the the crab and shrimp as well yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and it's got the little scallops on top and oh my goodness so would you want anything else with that sushi i mean that's obviously an appetizer man if you like <laughs> if you had to yeah, choose yeah yeah so <sighs> Hold on, I'm trying to like open this menu now. But, um, <laughs> I remember having a fish dish because, like, whenever I go to a really fancy restaurant, like I've had steaks a lot of places, mm-hmm. but whenever I go out to somewhere fancy, I really don't want to get like a steak. So I usually get like fish or barbecue if there's some sort of barbecue. But um, yeah, oh. just taking a quick look at the entrees, it looks like the really the only big fish meal that they have is the aura king salmon yeah that's definitely what i had the last time i remember yeah with a purple cauliflower puree yep and i wasn't there i haven't been there a long time okay yeah so i gotta say i haven't had it but you know i'm not a huge pasta guy which is weird because so many people love pasta but next time if i'm there that that wild boar ragu because that's that's i guess my go-to when i'm at a restaurant if i'm at a fine restaurant kind of like ben like i've had i can have steak mm-hmm. i can have i can have steak at home you know you know fish it's always you know you're down in florida so you know fish is more locally sort you know it's, it's the oceans right there so you kind of feel more inclined versus up here in pennsylvania but i always look for what am i never going to get a chance to eat except for right here? for sure yeah Yep. So for me, I think it would probably be either be the, the bison loin or that wild boar ragu because, I mean, obviously it depends on my budget because that bison loin is – it's about $62 and Ooh. where the, 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 the boar ragu, you're looking at half that. So it, The crazy thing is is that bison loin is more expensive than the surf and turf with the lobster tail. Wow. But if you can use a Disney meal plan here – I think it's a two credit meal. Eating it is here. a two credit. Mm-hmm. So like at least like if you plan ahead far enough, like if you plan ahead so much that you don't even have to worry about the bill, like that's the best feeling. Then you just order like a king. Oh, absolutely. Just feel like um, you've already paid for it basically. Yeah. You got to be careful if you are using the, uh, the Disney dining plan. Um, if you're, if you're not using the deluxe dining plan because you get one table service mm-hmm. per night and it's per night stay, not per day in the parks. Right. So typically everybody, when you're on vacation, you're there for a, like, say, six-night, seven-day vacation. So you that seventh day, you don't have meal plans. So you kind of have to, you know, you got to play that one 
a little yes. bit close to the, you, you got to plan that out. If you're going to be going to one of the finer dining restaurants where there's two credit, which I suggest you do, especially La Cellier, which we're going to talk about, plan on a day for like lunch or something where you just pretty much use a snack credit to, to, to skate through lunch and then have yeah. a, have a, uh, a quick service credit for dinner or something, something along those lines. You just kind of have to think ahead because by utilizing two of those credits, you're, you're cutting yourself short at the end. And I'm sorry, I don't want to have to use a cash or charge when I'm at Wolf. For sure. I, lo- I love having that, that meal plan because it's just effortless. You just tap your magic band and away you go. Yeah. And literally like with those dining plans, we've talked about it a couple times already. Like you rarely use your snack credits. So you could easily breeze by the day by using your um, quick service meal and then your snacks and then buying like a personal pizza at the hotel um, and get back for dinner for like five bucks and saving that dinner for one of these um, two ticket things. Because it's so easy to, to, to use your snacks because you're not using them as much as you think you would. But yeah, the, the key here is, I mean, we're all used to fine dining restaurants being those small plate type of restaurants. Mm-hmm. Nothing at Disney is small. The whole place is pretty much taking the whole Texas rule of life. Everything is over the top. So I don't care if you're getting a barbecue quick service meal in Animal Kingdom or if you're going to the California Grill for dinner. Your, your, your meal is going to be large. Like the portion oh, yeah. sizes, they're insane. So you can easily have one and a half meals last you all day just because you are so full. Like even the even the quick service meals, they yeah, will those burgers. Fill you up. If you get yes, a burger, they, they're huge. The burger, and they give you a ton oh, of fries. A ton like, of fr- yeah. So yeah, no matter what, like you know, we're talking about going to you know using two table services on a California Grill, but just remember these these portions are they're bigger than your head. They are huge. You're going. You're probably taking them back to your room with you. You know, they're going to be a snack later in the week when you get back from a tired night. Um, so, John, do you have anything you would that really tickled your fancy at California Grill? Yeah, the one that I kind of was looking at is, uh, well, one, the surf and turf, because I love uh, lobster tail. Yeah. Um, but the other one I was looking at is the oak-fired filet. Um, oh, really? It has an aged Gouda macaroni and cheese, so it's using a different are... cheese for the macaroni. You're a sucker I, for the mac yeah, and cheese. Yeah, I love mac cheese. <laughs> and they have Brussels sprouts, which I do love Brussels sprouts. The only thing that's kind of turning me away a little bit is a sweet onion oju, but obviously I'll just be like, none of that. Really? It's just it's more, it's just more of like a it's like a gravy, Johnny. I, I don't like gravy. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the oxtail marmalade, I'd be fine trying that, and the Brussels sprouts and everything else. I'll just yeah, stay away from to... the other part. But the, just the fact that, again, you want to try to do something you can't get, where are you going to go – around your home unless you find something that's very fine dining where you're going to get an oak fired filet yeah so if you're especially talking about the oxtail uh if you if you know you don't want to go all in on oxtail and you just want to give it a try i suggest you head on over to to boma over at animal kingdom lodge where you can where you can no you can hit up the uh the the food what's it called the bar um the buffet rather (laughs) and they they sometimes on the revolving soups they have an oxtail stew so it gives you kind of like that you can try it but if you don't like it you're not tied into it so you whether or not you you know you're going to like it a lot of people are turned off by the term oxtail so if you really want to dip your your toe into some weird or some exotic foods i do suggest that one or pretty much any of the the themed buffets at walt disney world because if you don't like it no worries you know hakuna matata move on to the next thing 
Sure. And since you mentioned Boma, you might as well mention what you mention every time you mention it. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, I ate at a buffet in Animal Kingdom the last time I was at Disney, which was last year. I think that's the one. Was that Tusker House? Oh yeah, it was Tusker House. Yeah. Tusker House is kind. It's very very similar cuisine to Boma. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the in parks small. That's the one we went to, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Where they had the characters walking around. Yep, they yep, have the safari, yep. the safari Fab Five walking around. All right, so moving on over, I guess to uh, um, we we kind of it's not a, it's not a mystery where we're headed to now. Jumping over to Epcot in the in the France, well, I guess not the France, but the Canada Pavilion. Sure. Um, sure. the best pavilion. Let's be serious. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> hey, that smell of maple permeates the land. <laughs> okay. Yes, hidden off to the side. Down by the Circle Vision Theater, underneath the gift shop is this restaurant called La Cellier. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm sure there's a reason we all love that place. Ben, what's your what's your takeaway there? What's your what's your big draw that takes so, you into this? So even though I said about the California grill, I don't need to get steak anywhere. <laughs> you need if, to here. If I want to get steak, I want to go to somewhere that's like doing just steaks, and that's like this place. Yeah, their in it's their entree like, menu like, is okay, you want. I know I'm gonna have a good steak here. Exactly. When you look at their entrees, they have a couple different like other options, but the majority is like which cut of steak do you want? It's right. not we have this one or these other. It's you're having steak, so you can have the fillet, the ribeye, the stri- which one do you want? Because we're gonna cook them all, and they're all gonna be amazing. Yeah, I mean you could always have some seared duck breast. I mean, I love duck, but I would <laughs> I would really hate myself if I ordered duck there. Dude, I'm going in there and spending two meal credits. Oh yeah, I'm getting yeah. I I see. I I lean towards the ribeye. What what's, what kind of steak would you get, Ben? <laughs> Side note: the last time I was there, we didn't know it was a two credit dinner, and we showed oh, up. And they, were like, no. they were like, "Oh, just so you know, it's two credits." And then we like looked at the menu, and it was just me and three of my friends. We looked at the menu, and we were like, "All right, this is totally going to be worth it." We'll just, yeah. we'll just we'll just buy like a to go meal tomorrow somewhere like cheap whatever. So we were like, all right, let's go. But anyway, yeah, exactly, it's not yeah. one of those that you would like. You're even gonna think about. They'd be like, yeah, I'm like, oh, oh okay, cool. cool, obviously. So my go to is definitely always at a steakhouse the ribeye. So yeah, at a steak there it is. Maybe not the most tender like a filet mignon, but it's the most flavorful. That's what I would go oh, for yeah. the filet mignon. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to I don't want to pass over the rest of the menu because you know not everyone you know if you're gonna go be going there I'm sure there's one big meat eater in the group but if mm-hmm. you're not like we did mention there there's duck and stuff too and they also do have impossible dumplings for the for the vegetarian there too so oh, that's I cool. mean they're they're impossible meat dumplings so there's like but it's a very Asian inspired so it's got bok choy and all that fun stuff but it's got a wonderful um, wonderful dish and it just has that that broth and it's it's pretty much just a soup and dumpling type of situation but they also got that fish meal too yes for me though the fact that i mean it's you can't get them on the dining plan but if you want just some really good poutine they actually serve two styles of poutine no way there's the regular poutine, Uh, (laughs) which, which has you know of course it's just fries uh with the cheese and the, they have a red wine reduction on top, but then they have the beef bourguignon poutine and oh, there's instead of just your average uh, you know cheddar curd, they, it's it's Gruyere, 
there's a garlic aioli. It is is to die for. And I it's a buck. about that when I was there. Yeah, it so is good. a buck more than the regular poutine. Like mm-hmm. it's not breaking your bank. Yeah, you're spending fifteen, sixteen dollars on it. It's not on the meal plan, but it is so darn good. And I'm I'm a sucker for poutine. Like even if I'm in Disney Springs, there's a poutine stand there, and I'm going to eat it. Like it's one of the perfect little street food fare. Like if you're, you want something to fill you up, but it's super flavorful and delicious fries with gravy and cheese. is essentially what you're eating. Have you guys talked about the food and wine festival yet? We've talked a little about food and wine festival, but we haven't gone into it. Oh, next time we do though, if you want to, yeah, definitely. I was just going to say like (laughs) the, your snack credits can be used for the food stands. But, yes, they can. Yes, they and can. And that's a that was a game changer for us. We didn't know that either when we showed up, and then we found that out, and I was like, "Oh, so glad we got the deluxe dining." <laughs> yeah, it's true. With deluxe dining, you get the three any type of meal credits all yeah. day, whereas most of the time you just have two meal credits. Oh yeah, either two quick service or a quick service and a regular. So the fact that you get that third meal credit is helpful for when you get blindsided by the two credit meals, mm-hmm. or but also you know you can. You can have, say, lunch over in Italy at Via Napoli and have, like, a mm-hmm. wonderful pizza there and then sling on over to La Celliere and have a steak dinner. Yeah. And, heck, and you could have, heck, started your day at Chef Mickey's over at the, you know, at the Contemporary oh, and had a character. I completely record. forgot about that place. You can't forget <laughs> about Chef Mickey's. Dale Mickey. stole my muffin there. Chip and Dale stole my muffin and then never brought me yeah. another one. They took my plate <laughs> with the muffin on it and brought it back with crumbs. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it I, is the, I felt so mad. It, it is the quintessential like Disney character breakfast. It, they have the the main five characters, but John's right. They do have like Chip and Dale and all the others, and so but you know, muffin down to chef costume. And yeah, yeah, Chip stole my muffin. You didn't watch that. Give me a new one. Are you traumatized and you're never going to go back? I now? was, I was ten. He talks about it every time you bring up. <laughs> I was every 10. time you bring up that restaurant. That's why he forgot. He's trying to push it out of his mind forever. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. He's he's stuck on it. Um, we also don't forget, can't glaze over the lobster mac and cheese, guys. Oh, here we go, mac and cheese and lobster, John. Of course, you had to, you had to bring it up. Yeah, lobster mac and cheese. <laughs> I I remember getting. My appetizer, I got steamed mussels. The mussel appetizer they have. I did see that. How that was I love mussels. It's so I love good. mussels. And they have the was gr- it good? The, Were they the sausage in it? And then they have that grilled bread, and you can just dip it in like the juice, like the butter, and oh, all the juice. And oh man, so that good. sounds so good. I love good. seafood and I love steak. And it's a winter wheat lager steamed mussel, so it, it's yeah. steamed with lager. So, good. so for me, I like all because it is in the Canada Pavilion, and I'm a I'm a fan of maple. So the fact that they kind of pepper maple into everything. So like your side dishes, you can have Brussels sprouts, but they're maple whiskey glazed or Mm -hmm. there's a sweet potato casserole, but it's a maple sweet potato casserole. Like that just, that really hits the spot. Maple creme brulee. Yeah. Maple cheesecake. I remember getting. You can have your choice of maple flavored dessert. So it's, but it's a wonderful steakhouse, but yeah. The best thing about that creme brulee was the maple with cream on top. It was like the best yes. of whipped cream ever. Oh my! And it has um, they give you the little shortbread maple leaf cookies. Mm-hmm. Too. You know, like you can buy them at the at the um, the, the shop, shop upstairs yep. at the gift shop. You can buy a whole box of cookies. I always do. And in and I'm walking around, Yeah, I'm walking around Epcot with the with the the silly box of cookies, and I'm I'm 
you know, like a kid in a candy shop. But yeah, they they serve that shortbread maple leaf cookie on top of your creme brulee, and oh, mm-hmm. it's maple with maple and maple on top. It's yeah. They've actually they've updated the menu since since um, Toy Story Four did come out though. So if you're looking for something, you know, you have like kids with you or something, you're just huge chocolate fans. There is um there's a chocolate coconut brownie uh, themed after Duke Kaboom from Toy Story Four. So the Duke Kaboom's favorite chocolate, Nanami Nanimo, or I don't know how to pronounce it. Probably Nanimo. Yeah, it also has uh, maple in there, but it's it's basically a chocolate coconut brownie. <clears throat> so. There are just they serve it with little meringues on the side that are maple, but it's you know of course there's always gonna be that one kid who just wants chocolate cake or chocolate brownie and the, they got my favorite uh, cake, carrot cake too. Yeah, I love oh, yeah. candied walnuts. So there's maple there too. Also thought of the, I just thought of this. It's, it's sort of unrelated, but the night I ate at Le Cellier, it was a late like it was a late reservation. I think it was like eight thirty or nine o'clock reservation. We were one of the last people in the restaurant for the night, and then when we were leaving, we go out into the park, and there's there's just nobody there. We're like the last people yes. in the park because the gates had already closed. Everyone was gone. We got to walk from there to the entrance. It was one of the coolest things being in this empty park at night. The street, the like sidewalks glow in Epcot, and it was just. I was like about to say, did you cool. check uh, on the way out, like as you're walking towards Spaceship Earth, if you go to the very left side? on the way through uh it's still future world that the sidewalks that have the led lights in them yep we walked yeah over those and then yeah those are super super and then one of their cast members on the way out we were trying to take a picture and he offered to take our picture we got together with no people in the way it was like the coolest that's cool yeah i had this i had a similar experience i wasn't in the world showcase but my daughter and i um back a long time ago i think 2015 um about five years ago even that was spend that long uh, we were there, just the two of us, on a dad-daughter trip, and um, we got late reservations because I just, you know, we were kind of, that was our day of just no plans, you know, because she was at the time three years old. So of course, I had some dining reservations and some fast passes throughout the week, but I had one day where we were just kind of park hopped and did whatever we want, whatever the yeah, whatever the breeze took us. So it was kind of late in the day, and I was looking, she, you know, she wanted to eat at a restaurant restaurant. She didn't want snacks. And, you know, when you're at Walt Disney World and your kid wants something, you do your best to say yes. Oh, you know? for sure. So I was able to snag, like, a super late reservation to um, the restaurant over by the seas with Nemo and Friends Coral Reef Restaurant, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which I mean, it's a it's a very fair and very good restaurant by itself. We were – because it was very late, we actually had a seat right next to, like, the wall of the aquarium was to our very oh, that's like, cool. right next. That's where the booth was, was right along that the aquarium wall. So we had sharks and sea turtles swimming by us. So it was pretty cool. How old and was we your had daughter at that point? Three. Yeah. Oh, dude, she's probably loving it. She ate it right up. Yeah, yeah. literally. <laughs> or she was like, sleeping. You know. No, that yeah, that kid can go for miles. Yeah. I was I was actually surprised. I didn't eat a stroller for more than a half a day for a seven day trip for a three year old. Parks open to close. The kid's a trooper. So <laughs> that's the magic of Disney. But yeah, that we had that same reaction, you know, that same in, interaction rather with the cast members and then the oh, park yeah. itself. And we just kind of, they don't, they don't shove you out the gate, you know, no. they want, they want you. I mean, yeah, technically they're closed and they're closing things up, but you're still welcome. 
You know, you're walking through the park, you're seeing everything lit up with no crowds, so you're getting those pictures. You know, she got to hop around on that lit up walkway, and you know, of course, the cast members are like, "Yeah, let me take your picture." Same situation. They're like, "I got you. Just play." So yeah, that's always a that's a key for what I always tell guests and what I tell clients is when you're uh, when you're at Walt Disney World and it's starting to seem like the end of the night at any park, don't rush towards the gate. Yeah, you know, hang back, especially after the night show at any of the parks. Oh, right after the night show, is except for Fantasmic and one of the Hollywood Studios, that last show is actually after the park closure, and they kind of funnel you right out. Um, but any of the night shows and fireworks shows, they typically end about an hour before the park closes. Yeah. So while the whole crowd funnels towards the gate. Just hang back, you know, just enjoy the park empty for a while until they kind of slowly and calmly usher you out. You'll never feel like that's the best part. You never feel like an imposition, even while they're trying to kick you out. You know you're being kicked out in big, massive air quotes, but it's like almost like they're holding your hand and inviting you to leave. <laughs> that's like the time we were in Magic Kingdom. We were we had the I think the latest fast pass we could have for um the seven dwarves minecart ride oh i love that ride and so like we ride it and it's awesome and we're like coming back into the station and and one of the four of us like one of our party just says out loud they're like oh man that was amazing i I wish we could ride it again they didn't even unload you did they they literally got us off but then someone caught us in the exit and they were like oh we heard you want to ride again and they just took us in front of the rest of the people still in line put us back on the the train and sent us out again. <laughs> the coolest thing. I was like, what? That yeah, that <laughs> is like those little bits of magic is why, you know, that's why we're we're here talking about the place. You don't have people on no offense to other parks, but you don't have people talking for about an hour or two every week or so about how wonderful, you know, things are like just that bend over backwards, go the extra mile. It's awesome. Feel, Everybody who's feel been like there has yeah. multiple, multiple stories. Of that pixie dust that they spray. Yeah. yeah, it's it's wonderful. That's just it makes you feel Young. special. It really it really grabs that kid inside of you, and you just you don't like you know it's you're you're not even in a you're not in the world anymore. You're in Disney. You're world. at Disney. Yeah, it's you're. It, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Is if any of the listeners haven't been. Um, have, have you guys watched a documentary on Disney Plus called The Imagineering Story? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. I recommend amazing. that to anyone listening. It's so the good. coolest thing of behind the scenes magic stuff. So oh cool. yeah. And stuff you didn't even know about Walt Disney himself and everything. Right. Yep. Yeah, and if it definitely if you're a big fan of the parks during the holidays and stuff, they also have um wonderful documentaries about the preparations and the flipping the park. Oh. Um so the And the I think there's a there's a we, Halloween one, definitely. I think there was. We a, were there uh, for the Christmas um, switch, switcheroo. Yeah. So we were there on Halloween. Me and my three friends were the Teletubbies, and then nice overnight everything switches to Christmas. It's the most amazing thing. They they wait a they wait a little bit now. Um, it's uh, usually they switch over to Christmas. Um, a little closer to Christmas, they oh, kind of really? let the they let the harvest wait a little longer. Oh, we went there just like. I forget when two years ago I guess at this point. Yeah, yeah, I know because um, I forget when they do, but it's it's more of it's a subtle gradual, and it's actually kind of funny. Uh, if you are if you're there for the dismantling now, you can actually see the uh, 
the harvest stuff kind of half go away for two days. Yeah. And then the very next day, Christmas is half there. And then, boom, Christmas just explodes. And it's like it's it's almost like a slow step out and a transition in. It's not like a sudden overnight. Like and I, I kind of think I like that a little better. It's probably like easier yeah. to do it that way. The other yeah. thing I was going to mention on Disney Plus with those uh, documentaries, there's also those wedding ones too, which are really cool to watch. Yeah, seen a couple episodes of that. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, John, do you have a do you have a back on track here? Any um, fine dining restaurant that really tickled your fancy? You are really excited to get to next time you're down at Walt Disney World. Yeah, there's one that I was I was just kind of like looking at some just to see kind of what we might be talking about, and one that like blew me away is the Boathouse. Oh, never been there. Never been. It's, it's in, yes, it is. Yeah, okay. Um, if you look up any pictures, you just look it up in general. It, it's the one that's on, a boat. Well, no, there's a boat house, but there is a boat too. Um, so it, it's it's mainly catering to your seafood, um, and then afterwards you can jump on a boat and ride the boat for a little while. Uh, there's live entertainment. Uh, so it's just this really cool experience. So it's kind of like putting you into like ju- a, a different. It, you don't feel like you're actually on di- in Disney, but you it's they're they're giving you the Disney treatment. Yeah, they're also you know they're very. If you're in Disney Springs, a lot of guests that I've spoken to about their experience once they got out of there, um, they kind of do have ev- something for everybody. So you know you're. There's so diehard steak fans. There, there is a New York strip steak there as well, and so a lot of people will even say like, if you're looking for in Disney Springs, you know, you you want to satisfy everybody, but you still want a really good steak, but you also, you know, say someone in the party wants a really good fish dinner, and someone's looking for like an amazing salad, you're gonna find it all there. Oh yeah, like it's it's a really good waterfront dining. But all the food is is great. So like you can get a chopped salad um, and a, like a, a wedge salad. You could even have like of course um, shrimp, steak, salmon, chicken breast added to any salad because it's all on the menu. So um, John, when you're there, definitely I want to tell you that since you know we've just kind of found your Achilles heel this episode, go for. I mean, it is it's in the raw bar, but they have a lobster cocktail, not a shrimp cocktail. Lobster cocktail. That's awesome. So they actually uh, they serve you uh, lobster with your choice of cocktail sauces and lady rose sauce. So you can actually, as while you're waiting for your meal, instead of having you know instead of eating your your typical shrimp cocktail, for you, I know this will mm-hmm. get you excited. Yeah, you can have you can have your lobster cocktail while you're waiting for your. I don't know whatever. What are you gonna whatever have with your meal? Yeah, crab a crab stuffed lobster. For sure. Dinner. Um, so I mean, yeah, you, and then you could have a lobster bisque. You know, you could have the lobsteriest meal you could ever want there. It even says on here that there's a 40 foot Italian water taxi that takes you on a three hour like tour. Yeah, I think those are those dream boats that they yep, have. You can yep. Catch, yep. And it looks yeah, like are, I'm looking at a picture of one. It looks like there's like candles, like so. It looks like there might be a table you might be able to eat on it. Uh, yeah, I'm not heard. sure. I'm not sure, but it kind of looks like in the picture on the boat that they are eating, but I, it's hard to see because it's not like an up close picture. Yeah, but so yeah, there's a there's a lot to do at Disney Springs in the boathouse. <clears throat> it, it's one of the one of the more popular restaurants, and it's I guess it's right there on the waterfront. So the whole thing is, is 
set to look like a marina almost. You know, there's you're right there on the boat docks. The the big restaurant actually looks like you know a boat marina dock house. So it's of course the theming is insane. And while you're sitting there, of course you're gonna see one of those aqua cars, like the Amphi cars going by, because you're right next to the Amphi car launch. Oh, they're so those, expensive though. I will say that. Oh yes, they are. But I mean, sometimes it's fun to just watch them go. So you oh, could yeah. be eating your meal and watching them just kind of because they're you know they're taking off and coming back constantly. So uh, it's pretty cool. All right, uh, I think that does it for our unless unless anyone has anything else to say about our fine dining section. I would just say check out Disney Springs. There's so much good food there. Oh yeah. Definitely, we got to do an entire episode um, about about the Disney Springs and just just their dining options. Of course, there's a lot. Yeah, I Disney love Springs. food, so we'll and not even we'll just, you just the food in general either. Just Disney Springs it, as sure. a whole, yeah. Because really, the only thing other than the boathouse that we talked about in Disney Springs is something that's not even there anymore, which is we talked about Disney Quest. So other than oh, that, we yeah. haven't even touched Disney Springs. At all. Yeah, from the from the void to Splitsville, there's a ton to do activity and entertainment wise at Disney Springs, and like Ben was saying, there's a lot to eat at Disney Springs. So you can, <laughs> you know, you can have your Ghirardelli chocolates and your uh, Earl of Sandwich or a snack. So uh, we could definitely, we, I want to touch on that now that we're mentioning it. And the food and wine festival. That's another yeah. whole freaking thing. Every time, you know what, Ben, you, you're. We'll give you a ring anytime we're going to be talking strictly food. <laughs> you're our go-to dude. I'm the doodah food correspondent. Yes, you will be our Disney doodah, Disney dining correspondent yes. from now from now until ever. So you guys are going to have to like send me down on your bill to do like research. Oh yeah, totally. Um, I'll have my people call your people back. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Brad is a. Um, travel agent for Disney. I know. So. I actually had a I had a trip planned. Oh I no! Been, I would have I, I would have already went on it through Brad. Yes, but. we would have we would have been talking to you and probably your sister about your guys' trip. We would have had a whole trip report yeah. episode. I was already. Sorry. I know, but you know what? We're gonna get pumped again. It'll they'll see, reopen. I don't know if this the is true, but I, I heard they've changed their hours on their website to be starting sometime in May. Yeah, a lot of places are starting to try to think about opening up sometime mid-May. Yeah, Yeah, don't expect Disney by May, unfortunately, guys. It just looks like they they kind of rolled in rolling closures. So I just think they they updated the app through May, but Mm, not, you know, up to May. But I don't – so if you actually – if you contact Disney themselves, the official word is closed indefinitely. Gotcha. So um, they're – website and their app are going to have conflicting reports just because they're also working on a skeleton crew. They had to furlough, unfortunately, thousands of, of cast members. Thankfully they do still have their, their health benefits, but they do not have, you know, they're, they're all on unemployment, unfortunately. So we wish them all the best for, you know, everything they did, they've done for us in the past. We hope they can get back to work soon, but like I said, we'll let you guys all know as soon as we know more about that. There is a lot of rumors, so it's kind of hard to sift through the, the real versus the rumor um because like ben just did mention you know you're getting different reports one from actually looking at the website and saying hey look they have hours and then you hear from the disney spokesperson that no they're kind of still still indefinitely closed so 
yeah, we'll let you guys know. Don't worry. Um, as soon as we know more, because you know, obviously Ben and myself and John, we all we're all excited to get back down and just enjoy the magic. And you know, I can, I'll definitely get you down there again, Ben. Don't you worry. Can't wait. <laughs> all right, sir. We're gonna say goodbye to Ben, and then John and I are gonna real quick continue talking about our must do's at Disney World. So give us one minute while we say goodbye to Ben, and we'll be right back. All right, so now we're heading back to the parks. Uh, ben had to go home, unfortunately, went back to the resort. You know, had a big meal. Um, and John and I are going to head back out to the parks, and we're going to be hitting up Hollywood Studios and Magic Kingdom. And we are going to be, we're going to be, we have to hit up our must dos. So we have to hit those parks and get those those must see, must do things in. So first stop on our little trip here, we're headed over to Hollywood Studios, my favorite park. Yes, John's absolute favorite park. You could spend a week in this park alone. So we're gonna we're gonna give you the first first shot at it, John. You're in Hollywood Studios. You know, you walked in. Donald was to your left. You went right on down. And well, so first I got his autograph. Of course, he's Donald's like the first awesome. character you see when yeah, you walk in. Absolutely. He and Daisy are right there. You yeah. gotta say hi. So all right, now we're in. What ride are you beelining towards? Tower you of Terror. Fast pass. Yeah, you have a fast pass. Tower of Terror. Yes. Down. Uh, I know you and I both love this attraction. I have Tower of Terror, um, like um, wine glasses. Uh huh. And I know you got something with Tower of Terror, like the the wallpaper print and something. Yeah, I have something about it, but it's it's the uh, Hollywood Tower Hotel, and it's it's very. I think it's a classy. I think it's more of like a like a beer glass. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I mine <coughs> I maybe mine is a beer glass. Yeah. yeah, mine is severe glass. I, I gotta find it though. I don't know where it is. Yeah, it's been a while since I've used it. Um, so what? What's your give? Give us the reasons why you're hit. I mean, of course, we've all been on. If we have been on Hotel Horror, we all know it. But John, what? What's the draw? Uh, Tower of Terror, not Hotel Horror. Oh my goodness, Hotel Horror. <laughs> that's uh, that's it's actually near forgot, us. <laughs> for guys, if you, I'm sorry, I slipped my tongue there. But any uh, <laughs> any Northeast Pennsylvania resident, uh, that is a shout out to a haunted attraction in the Poconos. So definitely check that one out. <laughs> not too. a sponsor. No, no sponsor. Not a sponsor. Here. Shout out to Hotel of Horror. Um <clears throat> but um what what makes you go over to um the Hollywood Tower Hotel and check in for the night? Well uh, we did touch on it a little bit uh on a prior episode. But my whole thing about it is as soon as you start walk even even before you even get to it, you well first you see it. It's imposing. In the distance. It's in the distance. But then when you get to the the little walkway, mm-hmm. it starts off as just a regular walkway, but it slowly starts getting decrepit. It it, it it immerses you into it immediately before you even get to the attraction itself, which is really this is- cool. This is one of those rides that I really like because I, you guys know I'm all about the immersion. Mm-hmm. The queue, and this is what I like, and I will t- say it until I'm blue in the face. The queue for this ride is, is insane and in- immersive. You start in the lobby. You actually go downstairs via an elevator into the um, the boiler room where the queue continues, and then you board the service elevator to actually start the ride. But you're actually going into around the hotel to get to that service elevator. And that's all part of the queue. So it's a very interactive. You're actually dealing with cast members the entire way. So 
Yeah, and, I really like and that. And again, like most other attractions that you find, like even like Space Mountain, the the main walk up to the attraction is just a standard walk up to the attraction. This, yeah, one, this one, it leads. It starts off very much like a normal walk in, but as like you're going walking, to the hotel, some stuff starts. You notice that some of the stuff is crumbled apart, and it's starting to get cobwebs, and it's starting to look old, and it's starting to look run down. Yeah, they have that abandoned scene look on point. Yeah, and, and it's within a f- within a minute of walking in, you start to notice it uh, very small, and then it starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger until you get to the hotel itself, and then you walk it just right from the start. It just immerses you right into it. Um, everyone's dresses bellhops. The the whole thing is just over the top. Yeah. So I know this one's kind of usually billed as a as a thrill ride, and I'm just gonna uh, I'm gonna let everyone know, you know, for for guests who are you know a little cautious, you know, they're not the biggest fan of thrill rides. It is a drop ride, so you're in a giant car that does drop and come back up and drop. But first, it's not as thrilling as you would find it. No, ride. It's actually a very controlled descent, so you're not you know you're not free falling. It looks like it from outside, and that's on purpose. But that that drop is actually not very fast. No, it's, it's not. Just, it's it's actually staged to feel fast. But like when you're actually on there, you get off thinking, "Oh wow, that was you know." Like you you actually leave there thinking that wasn't as bad as I even remembered it being. And I think that's kind of by design. You know, it's not there to literally scare you. But I mean the. The le- it's more it's more suspenseful. It's very Twilight Zone. That's the yeah. whole theme. So it's all about the build up. It's you know they're 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 making you feel like you're entering the Twilight Zone. They give you the whole backstory about the family who who fell in the, the to their deaths in the in the cab that was struck by lightning. So like by the time it actually does drop you at a very controlled rate, you're on edge. Like your hair is standing up. You are like your your jaws beating out of your chest. Yeah. And but so, like the thing that, is, though, that makes it more thrilling than it actually is. So don't worry about if it's going to jar you around, if it's going to be a really, really fast face drop. It's not. It's actually pretty handleable. Yeah, and, and the best part of it is, it's literally it's only the last five to ten percent of the ride is the drop. The rest of it starts from the queue, and you get in. Like Brad said, you you get in, you go through the lobby immersing you right into the hotel you get into the elevator where it tells you a story there's a video you ride the elevator down you're in the boiler room you're still in the line but there's so much going on around you and then you're still riding that elevator through the twilight zone and you get to see really cool special effects before you even get to the part where it drops you but yeah you're it's definitely the anticipation of the drop but there's so much more to this attraction than just the drop true Yes, it, absolutely. It, it, it's you. The attraction for me, even though technically the attraction doesn't start until you get onto the actual ride ride, the attraction for me starts as soon as you get on the into the line. So this is a very, very long attraction for me. That's one of the reasons why I like it. True. So, uh, you know, John, you're usually the fun fact guy. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna since it's your pick, I'm gonna hit you with a fun fact. Oh yeah. You know the, you know the reason. Hollywood Tower Hotel is painted the color it is because it does stand out as a like slightly pinkish tan mm-hmm. building. It's because when you're in Epcot, you can see Tower of Terror from Epcot. That's awesome. 
And that was a problem when they were building it because you're in the world showcase. So that is that is a very, very immersive, you know, each each land you're in in the showcase is very much themed after the country. And you're not seeing anything but that country's theming. You're in Morocco when you can see uh-huh. when you can okay. see Epcot, when you can see from Epcot, the, the Tower of Terror. So if you look from um, through, through Morocco, if, if you're looking straight across the um, the World Showcase Lagoon, if you look right past Morocco in the background is this really tall kind of Moroccan painted, but with really tall towering structure. But it, because of the distance, it actually looks the same height as all the other buildings in Morocco. And I'm assuming it's from the back. Yes. You're seeing it from the back. So you're not getting that dilapidated look. And you're not getting the words Hollywood tower hotel. Not at all. So you're getting this wonderfully tall, squared off Moroccan themed painted structure what you're actually seeing is Tower of Terror over in Hollywood Studios oh gosh if you even look at the picture even from the front as soon as you get about not much taller than the words of Hollywood Tower Hotel everything's normal it's no longer mm -hmm. decrepit that is insane yeah did you google the, the the view from Epcot no I didn't I need to do that yeah, guys, if you take a minute to just look that up, it, it doesn't look out of place. It just looks like a hotel behind. And because it is a very, very, very tall structure, but because it is so far away from Epcot, it is the perfect distance from Epcot. That way it, it is it does still stand. Oh, above. my gosh. It, it like does. It's, it looks perfect. It blends right in. It's perfect. It's, it's insane. The, but that's the reason it has that pink and brown paint job. That is, is so, so it, cool. It's so that it paints perfectly into the Moroccan landscape. Wow. Yeah, those Imagineers know what they're doing. So back to that task at hand, you know, time's a wasting. Um, oh, one more fun fact for all you coffee lovers out there. If you're looking for a cup of joe and you're, you've are you gone down towards uh, Tower of Terror and um, Rock and Roller Coaster in Hollywood Studios and you're looking for a cup of coffee, believe it or not, when you leave the exit queue of Tower of Terror, there's a Joffrey's stand. Jeez, on the way out joffrey's like, coffee i love joffrey's coffee but so many people <laughs> want coffee in the parks and they don't know where to find it in hollywood studios and it's it's kind of difficult to locate this one because it's there's a little courtyard when you leave uh, tower of terror there's a joffrey stand right there and you can you can still access it if you haven't gone on the ride you just have to kind of walk up the the out you know up the exit it takes you into like a pretty much a, a wide open courtyard that links to the exit of tower of terror and there is a, you know, you can get your cinnamon rolls and your Joffrey's coffee. So um, I'm always looking for a cup of coffee. I love coffee. So if you're waiting, you know, you know, look, look to grab a, your cup of joe throughout, you know, throughout the day. That's where you're going to find it. And there's typically no line because nobody knows it's there. I guess now everybody knows it's there. But nobody used to know it was there. So the ride I would, the attraction that I have to do, and John's going to roll his eyes at Hollywood Studios, is the Voyage of the Little Mermaid oh, in, in the animation courtyard. I don't know why, but it is, it's essentially an onstage production of the movie The Little Mermaid. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I usually go to it too, but... I, I have to. I always do it. I thought you were going to do Rock and Roller Coaster, to be honest. No, I mean, I do love the thrill rides, but if I, I've, I've actually missed Rock and Roller Coaster on a trip, and I didn't... I mean, I was upset, but... Oh, man. I, I didn't miss Voyage of the Little Mermaid. I, went, I made sure I got on it. 
and it's there's never a really long wait. I mean, it's it's a it's one of those sit down video types. So mm-hmm. you know, they, it runs every cup every certain number of minutes. But like, yeah, like the Beauty and the Beast one. And it's tough to be a bug. Like yeah, you fill yeah, up, yeah. you fill up a kind of an, an amphitheater, antechamber before you go into the theater. Yeah, but I just love it. You know, it's using like old school laser technology on a waterfall mm-hmm. as they're displaying, and Ariel's right there on stage singing, and then there's you know Sebastian singing under the sea, and then you know the giant Ursula when she comes out, and it does you know it it really crams the whole movie, which I love Little Mermaid, and it does it crams the whole movie into this wonderful little stage show, and it's. It's enchanting. It's magical. It's wonderful. Plus, it's air conditioned, and you can take your, you know, sit down. But <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I really like it. I don't know why. It just sparks some nostalgia in me, and I can't not enjoy that while I'm there. Um, so for a second now, we got a little hungry, John. What's your snack choice while at Hollywood Studios? Now again, like I stated last time, I'm not really a huge. Um, you're not a snack guy. I know. I'm not right. a snack guy. Um, but the snack that I found was, I got to find it again because I kind of X out of it. But I know it's a carrot cake cookie. You and that carrot cake. Oh, my God. I love carrot cake. But it's a carrot cake cookie. Um, I got to find out where that is. Hollywood Studios. Is it, it, um... Hold on a minute. I apologize, but yes, no it's, it's a carrot cake cookie, and and it has uh, two carrot cake cookies. It's kind of like a sandwich cookie, kind of like an, an Oreo. Okay, uh, yeah, where yeah. It has it's a very huge amount of cream cheese in the middle of it, and it oh, looks like it's oh my god, it looks so good. Oh, there it is. Okay, yeah, so it is. It's now in the trolley car cafe Starbucks. At the front of the okay, park, yeah, yeah. Um, but it originated in a di- in just the trolley car cafe. Uh, so now it's also a Starbucks, um, but it's just the ratio to the cream cheese to the carrot cake cookie. It's it looks amazing. That makes sense. That does sound super super good. Uh, for me, I guess I you know this is the one park where I don't know why, but I want popcorn. You know, I when I'm there, it feels like I, a movie. It kind of does, but when you're in that that center courtyard, where the uh, the animation courtyard to your right and uh, Runaway Railway is right in front of you, and then to your left you have you know the the little lake with the dinosaur ice cream stand and um, Indiana Jones done spectacular. Right in there, there's a there's a popcorn cart, and that's where I like to get my popcorn. I don't know why, you know, again, just like Little Mermaid, I don't know why. It's just that popcorn cart, just some kind of nostalgic purpose to me, and uh, for some reason I just you know, when you're walking down Hollywood Boulevard, you know, you have, you know, it's very, yeah, you're, I think he's, John's right. It's got that very old school Hollywood feel to it. I just want popcorn. Yeah. Just walk really, through Hollywood studios itself. It feels like either one, you're on a sound studio set or like mm-hmm. in Hollywood itself, or when you're in a specific area, it feels like you're in a movie, like Hollywood tower of terror. It feels like you're part of that world yeah everything yeah, it's feels very like very immersive yeah, it's, the whole thing is very immersive toy story land i, I haven't been there and Gal- i haven't been to galaxy's edge yet, but again but it's the same talk about galaxy's edge is it's very very immersive and and toy yeah. story land i've seen pictures it feels like you shrunk and yeah. everything is huge you and, are the size of a toy you yeah. are no longer in <clears throat> florida you are in andy's backyard 
Yeah. And yeah. I don't know why, but I want popcorn. So, all right. I think we're going to have the same experience on this one. So, I don't know. What's the one, what's the one experience you have to see? Character Palooza. Do explain more, John. You haven't heard of it? Because <laughs> that is not mine. Yeah, oh, yeah that's I, why I said. I looked some stuff up. And, what, is, what is the reason for your character Palooza? And I love the character meet and greet. So I looked up some mm-hmm. um, not very – it's little known uh, character experiences or just experiences in general. Yeah, and, like, like Olaf. Yeah, character Palooza, it's, it was originally near Tower of Terror, and it would happen every day at 4 p.m., and a whole bunch of random characters would show up, like Robin Hood and, and a bunch of characters you don't see all the time. Um, now they moved it to the front of the park, and it's yep. between 4 and 7. But uh, what I was looking at is typically, uh, and, and I didn't even realize it, but Fantasmic has a different lineup of characters on the boat every yes. time. So it's not always the same character. So every time you go, there's a different amount of characters or different lineup of characters. So some of those characters will show up between four and seven at the front of the park. Yeah, well, because those are the ones that are going to be on Fantastic. So they're like, oh, well, we're getting costume anyway. We might as well go out and meet some fans. Um, but that's something that's really cool about Hollywood Studios is they have that character Palooza where you get to see those little scene characters. Yeah. Well, obviously, you just said Robin Hood. You you just said mine. Um, I I got to see Phantasmic. Oh, it is a it's a it's a <laughs> that nighttime is my favorite part or my favorite um my, that is my favorite experience. I kind of find that as just kind of a a show or attraction, so I didn't loop that in. Yeah, but yeah, to me that's yeah that is the reason pretty much up until recently with all the new stuff that happened. That would that was the driving force that brought me to Hollywood Studios was the fact that I was going to see Phantasmic. It's the uh, it's the it's the same show over and over again. It is you know Mickey Mouse and his dreams fighting the forces of evil. But you know what? Just there are. I'm a very nostalgic person. We've talked about obviously the entire point of Hollywood Studios to me. Everything I like is very nostalgic, and all the times when when they're showing those old movie scenes and stuff throughout Fantasmic, that's that's really what gets me. Is is your you know while the bubbles are floating up and everything mm-hmm. you got. You have like clips of shows and movies that you've you've loved your you know your entire childhood. So for me, it's it's a it's a fun it's it's a it's very kind of like a salute just to like Disney's animated history exactly. because it goes then, all the way back to Snow White and all the yeah. way up to current. It's just and there's scenes no matter you know, how old you are, you're like oh my god, I love that movie. And then there's some movies scenes you haven't out of seen yet. Like, oh, I gotta see yeah. that. It's Absolutely, just, it's the best. All right, so last but not least, for the last couple minutes here, we're going to head over to Magic Kingdom. So, John, uh, your your ride, again, mine's probably not going to be most easily guessable, so we're going to start with John. What's the ride you got to see, you got you to experience? Magic well, Kingdom. you know my favorite area is Tomorrowland. True. Mine is Space Mountain. I Obviously. love Space Mountain. Um, so what about it do you love? I mean, the queue we talked about, it's kind of interactive. We talked about that last time in Tomorrowland yeah. where you have that traveling to that whole spaceport situation. But mm-hmm. Is it the ride itself you like, or is it just I just, it's very, it's a little similar or similar, similar, I'm sorry, to um, Rock and Roller Coaster where it's, a lot of it is in the dark. Um, rock and Roller but Coaster has a lot more, dark. yeah, Rock and Roller Coaster has a lot more like light up signs and stuff, but it is dark inside. Um, but that it's just the fact that you 
it's hard to see or even know where that coaster is going. It's the element of surprise. Mm. Um, yeah, you're not going all super, super fast. No, you're, it. it's the slowest, one of the slowest roller coasters, if, if not the slowest roller coaster of all time. Um, but it, it, and even when you're going through it, if you're not paying attention to the roller coaster itself and you're looking up, you'll see constellations, you'll see galaxies, you'll see hidden Mickeys. It's just mm-hmm. in, in the stars. It's just so cool to look at. Um, for one cool, fun fact I found out about it, it is the um, oldest operating roller coaster in the state of Florida. And it's the that original cool. version of the attraction. That is cool, too. So every every other Space Mountain that's ever been opened for Disney is replicated off of this specific Space Mountain. So it is the, the oldest one in Florida and the original. It actually also gets its shape, that iconic shape, because the actual – it's the roof and support structure is actually inside out. So that way they could fit the entire ride inside and have that projection um, surface for the stars and everything without hitting all the, the – the support beams and everything huh. it's actually it's actually an inside out roof the smooth interior surface is actually supported by those ridges and almost scaffolding like situation you see on the outside yeah that's the that is the support structure for the roof of the building it's just on the outside rather than the inside and that was by design it actually it looks super cool and futuristic yeah it does but and that was actually a product of having to, to flip the roof inside out that's cool all right so um Snack, you know, you're not a snacker, but say you got super hungry and someone just gifted you an extra snack credit. What you didn't you get to your attraction, though. Oh, my goodness. I didn't. All right. So for me, um, it's actually right. It's near one of the experience I like. Um, so we're going to talk about it. Of course, I am a huge Haunted Mansion fan. I cannot go to the Magic Kingdom without the Haunted Mansion I almost being picked part that of my stay. Yeah, I, again, it's not like, a thrilling ride. It's you know, it's not Splash Mountain. It's not Big Thunder. It's not one of the mountains. Big Thunder Mountain. It's, but it's still one of my favorites. It's it's just a slow moving Omnimover style ride where you you hop on the conveyor belt, you, you load your Doom buggy. But I don't know why. It's just it strikes in me. I don't. I just I love Haunted Mansion from the the you know the stretching room on your way in to the the cool purple wallpaper that's everywhere and the graveyard the grim grinning ghost song it's it just hits all the right points as far as an attraction goes for for entertainment fun and thrills it's you know and that the dancing ghost scene in the ballroom that's also another and again with what ben mentioned earlier that imagineer story that's on disney plus they go very detailed in um, haunted mansion about how they do the ballroom dancing scene as well yeah, as a, uh i forget her name the one who's in the crystal ball madam leota yep uh who she is her name is actually leota um yes, it is and her daughter and everything about that and how it's just really cool to watch so again if you if you haven't watched that watch that imagineer's story on on disney plus it's it's yeah, super those- entertaining those ghostly pictures of the people dancing. It's actually a, it's an illusion called Pepper's ghost. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really cool how it works. It's difficult to explain in words, but there are YouTube videos and um, just, just Google Pepper's ghost illusion um, pepper, like P E P P E R Pepper's ghost illusion. And it's really cool how they get it to work. And it makes a lot of sense when you think about it, but it's it, it, when you're just there, you're trying to figure out how it's done. And you, because you like, don't know the mechanics, you know how, 
even when you know how it works, you it's still just magic in it. It's hard to wrap your head around it while you're actually experiencing it. So now we can head over to John's snack. Where would you be? Where would you be munching? Um, the snack that I found is, um, <laughs> you're gonna laugh, bacon mac and cheese fries. <laughs> Uh, where, where, where is that Magic Kingdom? Uh, it's in Magic Kingdom, obviously. Um, where is it? Uh, Golden Oak Outpost. Okay, yeah, that used to be, that used to be a McDonald's fry stand. Oh, okay. Um, but from just reading about it, and, oh, wait, no, it's Casey's Corner. Oh, okay. Kay- I apologize. Yeah, it's Casey's it's Corner. talking That's about, yeah, the, uh, the, the article I had was talking about the chili cheese waffle fries at Golden Oak Output. Oh, okay. Uh, but Casey's Corner is known for their huge hot dogs. Um, but they have bacon, mac, and cheese fries, uh, which, from what I was reading, is becoming one of Magic Kingdom's favorite snacks. Um, it's literally just a big helping of French fries and then two big scoops of mac and cheese and then bacon bits on top. Can't go wrong. No, it's two big, awesome snacks with bacon. Oh, I'm so hungry for it. Yeah, for, if you wanted some mac and cheese, uh, I would typically have gone to. It's not there anymore. I mean, the restaurant is still there. Uh, the Friar's Nook, which actually is also another McDonald's reference. Um, that was actually the second area you could get McDonald's french fries in the park during their McDonald's um, deal. The one was over by Splash Mountain. There was like an, just a fry stand. Uh, but the Friar's Nook actually got its uh, its name from you know the fries um, back in the day. And it, it used to be a like brisket mac and cheese and a barbecue mac and cheese uh shop but now it's um they do still have some mac and cheese options but it's mostly a tater tot restaurant much to my dismay that was like one of the only places i'm not a huge mac and cheese fan but i loved it there yeah i saw so I, i'm gonna have to I check out that, Casey's. Uh, and it says fryer's nook when i was looking at up uh because again i'm not a snacker so i had to look stuff up that i want to try the next time i'm there the loaded tots at fryer's nook is one yes. of the things on that list yeah, I've heard they're good, but you know, I'm still a little salty about taking away the brisket mac and cheese. So I'm not sure I'm going to try. Loaded buffalo chicken tots. Whew. Exactly. Whew. So for me, I'm I'm going to mention it first, and then mention a completely different one because you guys are tired of hearing me talk about it. The snack I always have to get. Uh, is the Dole Whip. Is a Dole Whip. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I almost did that, and I'm like, no, I need to pick something else. I'm not going to talk anymore about Dole Whips. If you guys know what Dole Whips are, the toast. Yeah, if you don't know what Dole Whips are, just um, listen to any other episode. <laughs> and I've, I've probably talked about Dole Whips for 10 minutes. Um, so my secondary snack, I guess, would be the Nutella waffle sandwich over at... Oh, uh, I saw that. At Sleepy Hollow, right? Just to the left of the Cinderella Castle there on your way to, um, I guess, adventure between Adventureland. Um, so that is... It's delicious. It's It's a waffle, obviously with Nutella and fresh fruit. So strawberries, you know, strawberries. Yeah. Oh my God. Yep. It's a Belgian it's, waffle. It's a huge waffle. And it, they kind of fold it like a taco to make it a sandwich. It is so good. And, but very, very sweet. So I'm a, I'm a sweets kind of guy. So I like to have my dessert for a snack. And that's, that's one that if, you know, if you say, you know, you don't want to dole up today because I don't know, you're insane. <laughs> head over to sleepy hollow and, and just grab yourself a Nutella waffle sandwich. So, John, last but not least, what would be the experience that's a must-do that you have to kind of experience while you're there? I want to end with mine, so you do yours. All right, so mine's strange. I was going to say getting a picture in front of the castle, but we that's all do that. That's, that's a given. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a cop-out. So <clears throat> for me, 
you're all going to laugh if you haven't been there. But my favorite experience of the Magic Kingdom is a bathroom. <laughs> what? They're behind, um, <laughs> on your way out of New Fantasyland towards um, the Haunted Mansion, you're going to pass the most themed bathroom in the world, it seems. It is the Tangled Bathrooms. Ta- like and after Tangled, the movie? Yes, you will see um, Rapunzel's Tower, and you can, as you approach it, there's this little, I guess, giant courtyard with tables and a, and a little stream and a... Um, and it's it's a bathroom, and there are you know the lanterns hanging everywhere, and like wanted posters for all of the, you know all of the the bad guys from the the Snuggly Duck, um, and Flynn Rider with the nose wrong, and the bathroom. That's it. That's the entire area is themed. It's like one of the be- most and better themed areas in the park, as far as like which Disney movie it's themed after. And it's just it's the bathrooms, and <clears throat> it's it's wonderful. And at the end, at the end of that, when it gets dark, there's actually a special photo pass there where there is a, a photo pass uh, cast member which will give you a floating lantern, a lit up floating lantern that you yourself or with a partner can actually hold in your hand. So it looks like you just, you know, kind of like uh, Eugene and Rapunzel did in the movie where you scooped up a floating lantern. So they can actually get like you with the glow of the lantern and then behind you are all the other lanterns. It's a really magical awesome. photo session. So I definitely suggest you try it out. Um, but the, you know, the line can get pretty long, so get there quick. My, my um, recommendation is if you've already seen the, the night show on the castle, just take that time to head on back there because everyone's going to be watching that. You can get your perfect picture at the, at the Tangled Bathrooms. But during the day also, there's stuff to do there, believe it or not, while you're waiting for your friends to come out of the bathroom. Or if you're just stopping by, there are actually little Pascals hidden all throughout the, the area and they're they're camouflaged so there's like a brown one up in the, along the woodwork there's a green one in the trees there's a little black one down in the rocks and there's like just different colored pascals for huh. everyone to look around and try to find so that's also kind of fun that's really cool so what would be the experience just to end this off john that you you have to do to your last night in magic kingdom you haven't done this yet you have to. Well, mine is something you can't do unless you are invited or you have a specific function. That's why I want to save it to last. It's the Utilidors. Okay, cool. Um, What's a Utilidor, John? Uh, well, the Utilidors is the <laughs> underground of Disney. Um, it's very select few. It depends on what you're doing. Um, even just going backstage Disney in general, like if you're in a band, like a marching band, or you're in a group that's going to be singing, you're doing something cool with the parade, you get to actually go backstage, which is also really cool in itself. But um, I did mention when we were talking about um, Tomorrowland, when I did my spring up episode on Brad, uh, going through the the basement, the Utilidors, and then coming up the rising stage of mm-hmm. Cosmic Rays. Just the underneath, the underground is so cool. Um, you, you get this, they, they actually were giving us a tour there. They showed us a costume room, which had like 300 Mickey costumes. It was just insane. It looked like the ultimate Disney fans costume wardrobe. Yeah, they do sometimes uh, occasionally do limited access tours down there. So like John said, it is not completely unachievable, but it is very hard. Yeah, it's, it's rare, and it's one of those kind of once-in-a-lifetime things you do. And it not it, not even just the costumes. Like, um, 
I one of the cool things that uh, me and the group of people who went, which was actually funny, it was Ben's brother. Um, it's true. Yeah, it's Josh. Uh, we when we were walking, uh, Cinderella had all the under stuff that goes under the dress with her dress folded over her arm walking. She waved at us and said, hi. It was just the coolest experience because she was like not fully in character, but kind of. Yeah, you knew it was Cinderella. Yeah, you knew it was Cinderella. It had all the under stuff except for just the full top part of the dress. So it was just like, she's not fully in character. It was like, it was just the coolest thing. And it's just one of those cool experiences that if you ever get the chance to do it, do not turn that down. It's it's one of the coolest things. All right. So I guess we can't top that. So I'm going to just, you know, again, and as we have been just letting everyone know, you know, please be safe. Please be healthy. Wash your hands. We're going to, you know, we'll be, we'll get back to Walt Disney World soon. Like I mentioned with Ben. Um, and I guess that's, um, that's it. Just we're wishing you the best from here in Pennsylvania to all of our, all of our fans and families out there. Um, just, you know, don't lose the magic. It'll, it'll be back. It's waiting for you. Um, and that'll, that'll do it for today's episode. Disney Doodah Podcast is, again, and of course, always brought to you by Brad and John Michael. If you have your own idea about what you want us to discuss in a future episode, much like Ben did and uh, Joe did previously, let us know. We may be featuring you to talk about it. Or if you just want to let us know, you know, what your must-dos at the Hollywood Studio uh, Park or Magic Kingdom are, you can also let us know there. Um, Shoot us an email over to DisneyDoodahPod at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and just even um, just give a comment on the, on the post there. Uh, this episode is, of course, brought to you by me, Brad, at Lincoln Mouse Travel. If you'd like to start planning your next Walt Disney getaway once uh, once we're all back at the parks, feel free to drop me a line to get started even today. we we'll start you up pretty, pretty quick, and we'll get started. So thanks so much for listening, and we'll, we'll see you real soon. Peter.